You're not one that's going to take the bait. You're not one that's going to look behind and turn into a pillar of salt. You're one that's going to keep on moving forward because when you said yes to Christ, you meant it. So I titled tonight, The Mark of a True Christian. So we're going to let Jesus live big on the inside of us, right? We're, we're going to let Jesus lit, live big and allow him to move in our spirit, in our mind, our body, our soul, our, our whole being, right? Hallelujah. So when you were saved from your sins and you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you became part of an army. You became part of an army of God, soldiers in Christ. So I became a soldier in Christ when I said yes to Jesus, even if you didn't know it. Sometimes we don't know it. We pray a little simple prayer, and we don't always know exactly what we've just entered into. But I'll just tell you right now, you entered into the army of God. You're a soldier in the faith, right? Yeah. And so everybody wants to be a soldier just not everybody wants to be in a war. I don't know if you've noticed that, but everybody wants, oh, I'm a yeah, soldier for Christ, ambassador for Christ, I'm warrior, valiant, but not everybody wants to be in a war. But you know what? It is selfish of you to only focus on wanting to live your best life now. It is selfish of you to only want to focus on living your best life now while people all around you are being deceived, are being tormented, are dying, are falling into the pit of hell that you were once saved from. I think I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say it again for the back row. Maybe some of the back row. So it is selfish of you to only focus on wanting your best life now. I'm not against preaching messages like that, and we do do that at times, of course. But it's selfish for you to live in a way that all you want is the blessing of God, a comfortable life and a comfortable church. It's selfish because while you are wanting your best life now, there are people all around you dying on your watch. There are people being deceived, people that once said yes and now that have fallen back, people that never said yes because they don't understand and they're still bound by the enemy's deception. Are we following? And so a church like this sometimes, because we believe in the full gospel, and we not just preach it, but we actually move in the signs and wonders, sometimes it makes people uncomfortable because they're used to too many churches that only preach the best life now kind of series. You're not going to find that here. Because I believe that we are to be soldiers and that we are to literally pull people out of the pit that I once was in, that you once were in. We see the signs. We see it. You see your eyes are being opened even more every single day. And so it's important that we realize your walk in Christianity has a cost. Our life, there's a cost to it. It's not always going to be easy. It won't always be comfortable. It will cost you something. And we know it costs Jesus everything. No scars, no true walk. If you don't have any scars in your life, then you don't really have a true walk. When your scars prove your legitimacy in Christ, for your persecution 
is for Christ's sake and not your own, then, then your true walk as a soldier in Christ can begin. Are the scars when they're done and unto because of God, not because of our own foolishness or stupidity, right? When the scars are because of the persecution for following Christ, that's when you enter into a real walk that says, Lord, no, no, I, I will never turn back. I will never give up. I'm going to only go forward. Lord, teach me how to be a godly Christian. Teach me how to be a better wife. Teach me how to be a better husband. Teach me how to be a better parent. I am not going to shrink back just because it's difficult out there. Are we all listening. We're all following along, right? See, Paul died daily. Paul died daily, right? And so when he got the revelation of the gospel, he became willing to die daily. When he got the revelation of that which he was saved for and from, he died daily, willingly, realizing what else is there to even live for? Nothing, nothing at all. Galatians 2.20 he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. I have been crucified with Christ. Say it with me. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is no longer who? It is no longer I who live. What do you mean? You look like you're living to me. We're not living the same old life. We're living a life that is actually dead to the past and alive in Christ. We're living a life that is glorifying Christ, not a life that is pleasing to ourselves, not a life that says, well, Lord God, I just want what I want. No, how about I want what you want? How about this, Lord God? I thank you that you give me the desires of my heart, but you actually first changed my heart. People go, oh, you know, God gives you the desires of your heart. He does. But I don't know about you. He first changed my heart. Before he gave me the desires of my heart, he first changed my heart. Because then it's a win-win. But I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. We still live in the flesh. We're just not supposed to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. But we live in our body, right? And so, but it says I live by faith. We kill the body. We live by faith. In other words, the desires of the flesh. And so I live by faith. In the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, Let's go Matthew yeah, 10, 38. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So, so there is a dying process. Uh, that dying process wasn't just when you said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. And, you know, I accept you as my, come and live in my heart. Yeah, that wasn't the only time you died. Paul died daily. We're to die daily. Pick up your cross. Uh, he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Wow. Not worthy of me. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly what it says. So in other words, our assignment from the Lord is to have bold, valiant, radical faith that expects the word of God to come to pass and believes that word 100% fully, but at the same time just wants to sing, I see your face, I love your face, your beautiful face. I love you, Lord, no matter what, no matter what, even if nothing changes, although I believe and I'm standing tenaciously for that, but I love your face, I thank you, Lord, because you've already done everything for me. Right? So, so, so we, we get to practice this. We get to model this because this is the model that Christ has given us. And Romans 6.12 says, Let no sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. 
Your body wants you to obey the passions that the flesh wants to kick in. But we are not going to let sin reign. See, I'm not going to let sin reign. But no, I'm not going to let sin reign. Do you know that's your choice? We're not going to let sin reign. It is our job to actually kill the flesh and say, Lord, I'm going to live the righteous life that you've already provided for me to live, but I'm living it through Christ. That's the only way to do it. It is the only way to do it, the only right way to do it. And Romans 6, 9 says, we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. So death no longer has dominion over you. In other words, you're going to live for eternity. Your spirit will live for eternity. So since death no longer has this rule and dominion over you, you are living for eternity. So for eternity, you're going to worship the king. You're going to worship the king here on earth. You're going to worship the king forever in eternity. So we get to model that now, and we're going to continue on praising him forever ever and ever and ever and ever because he is so worthy. He is so worthy. So when we walk in the flesh, we are allowing a resurrection of the old man. We're, we're not going to allow the resurrection of the old man. And we all can tell the difference. How many of you guys are familiar with the story in Acts 16? A slave girl that was possessed with the spirit of divination who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. And in verse 16, so Acts 16, 16, it says that she was speaking truth, but it was from the wrong spirit, because this is what she said. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. So she was speaking truth. The girl followed Paul and, 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 uh, and said, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. She was speaking truth. She was practicing divination. She was a fortune teller. She was speaking truth, but it came from the wrong spirit. He's trying to do the will of God, and this girl is following him, them, and just totally annoying him. This happens all the time. You may not hear it, though. You may not hear it with your ears. But learn to discern by your spirit, man, when there is a false spirit that's literally following you. Now, I'm not trying to be all spooky, like, oh, they're following me. You're hearing it in your emotions. You're hearing it in your head. And, and many times it's you partnering with it. It's still having access to your mind, right? So the Bible says that for many days she followed after Paul and kept speaking the same thing, kept speaking the same thing, Right? But we have to have our senses strengthened by the word of God. You will encounter demonic spirits daily. You know, like that uh, on the news, that whole thing that just happened with the killing of all those children and the grandmother and some of the teachers, right? A couple of teachers, right? Uh, and then the statement that was given by the mother of the son that did all this murder, forgive me, forgive him, we, he had his reasons. What? Justifying a horrendous, hideous murder, demonic murder? We ha he had his reasons. Please forgive him. Like, tell me that is not demonic, purely demonic, the whole thing was. Purely, the whole thing was, right? I mean, grievous. It's so grievous. So, you know, we're, it's, we have to have our shield up. We have to have our shield up. We have to discern. 
and we have to shut down those demonic voices. We have to shut them down. That's exactly what Paul did. He was annoyed, and the devil will try to annoy you too. He's going to try to wear you out, and he's going to try to grieve you, but you're going to shut him up. Paul, shut him up. You're going to shut him up. Paul spoke to the spirit. That's what we do here all the time. We speak to that spirit. Command that spirit in the name of Jesus to come out of her in Acts 16, 18. And the spirit came out at that very hour. The spirit came out at that very hour. Because the Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? So you have to be able to know, I'm casting that thing out. I'm silencing that thing. I'm not going to let it have its way in me. There was a spirit behind Paul while he was doing the work of the Lord, but he spoke to it. Sometimes there is a spirit of, of the enemy spirit trying to, trying to entice you, trying to move, trying to cause you to quit, get you discouraged, but you got to speak to it. You have authority to speak to it. See, they strategize and they plan and they plot and they maneuver against your life. They use people. These demonic spirits, situations, they use situations, they work on you mentally, emotionally, physically, and in every way to try to stop the move of the spirit in your life. But your shout must be in confidence and not in fear or frustration. Paul turned and he said, he commanded that thing to leave. Your shout must be from a place of victory, not trying to gain victory. You must be in a place of knowing the authority you carry, not trying to get that authority, right? So you have to know that difference because when you know your authority and the devil knows it too, then you know what? He doesn't have that ability to do what he was planning on doing. The story doesn't end there. Paul got into a heap of trouble for casting out the spirit from the demon-possessed fortune teller. And you might think, wait, he did the right thing. He did the right thing. That demon left. And, but anyway, Paul ended up getting in trouble. When her masters saw that their hope for profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, and they dragged them into the marketplace. This is Acts 16, 19. They tore off their clothes. They beat them with rods. They threw them into the inner prison. They fastened their feet in stalks for doing the right thing. Your bold identity in Christ will cost you. Stop trying to live your best life now. Your bold identity in Christ. Christ will cost you something. It'll cause, it'll cause you to rise up. It, it'll cause you to lose friends. It, it will. It will cause you to even be estranged from certain family members. It, it will cause you to lose some things. But what you gain doesn't even compare to what you might lose. Doesn't even compare. Stripped naked, beaten and thrown into prison. And what was their response? They started to pray. And they started to sing. And they had that but at midnight experience. They started to pray. And they started to sing hymns to God. And at midnight, as they were praying and as they were singing hymns uh, to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them, they were being influential even in the midst of their pain. We know that the prison cells opened. We know that the foundations actually literally shaked. We know that the chains literally fell off of them. We know that their praise broke the yokes, and your praise breaks yokes too. 
You need to know that your praise breaks yokes. You need to know that every time you come and every time you worship and every time you're out there worshiping, that your praise is breaking the yokes. You need to know that you're being lifted up in your spirit, man, that you're growing leaps and bounds every time you choose to say, you know what? That enemy may try to come and retaliate. He may try. He tried for Paul. Of course, he's going to try for me. He tried for Jesus. Of course, he's going to try for me. But I'm just going to keep on praising my way through. I'm just going to keep on praying my way through. And I know that the God who is greater and he's greater and he's inside of me is greater than the situation. I know that he can shake whatever he needs to shake and he's going to loose whatever he needs to loose and he's going to open whatever he needs to open and the doors will open in my life because I'm not going to change. I'm not going to shift back and I'm not shrinking back. You're not one that's going to shrink back, right? We meant it. We meant it completely. But as Paul and Silas had scars from their Christian walk, so did Jesus. Because people get, oh, I've got all these, you know, wounds and scars and stuff. Well, good, you're in good company then. You're in good company. He too, Jesus was also stripped, naked, beaten, and hung on a cross. Come on, right? Yet Christians are afraid of a little suffering. Some, they don't want to be inconvenienced. They think the Christian life is coming to church and sipping on your lattes, and then going out to lunch with your church friends. And that that would say, we went to church. There's nothing wrong with sipping on your lattes, and there's nothing wrong with going to lunch with your friends. But if that's what you think church life should look like, and anything else is, well, that's way over the top. That's for the mature Christians. Do you know I hear these kind of, that's for the mature Christians. Wow, how lame is that? So what is the rest of it? I just heard this. I just heard this two days ago. That's for the, your church is for the mature Christians. It's not for your average Christian. <laughs> what a lie! People believe this. What a lie! So you're gonna just go ahead and sit there and just I'm gonna check off the box. I went to church. I brought my my latte. I love coffee and I love lattes. I'm not against those. I'm just saying, people that just want to, it sounds like a Christian club to me and not really a church. It sounds more like a Christian country club than actually the word of God and the fact that we're, ar we're in the army and we're soldiers and we're supposed to have eyes to see. We're supposed to be able to decree, oh no, you don't, devil. This person comes up for prayer and their husband's not even here, but we're going to pray for her husband and he gets healed right away. Tell me. Tell me if that is not the work of the Holy Spirit. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. So we are not okay with just checking off some box and saying we went to church. No, we want to change. Lord, let us be first. We want to change first. Kill this flesh. Whatever needs to die in me, Lord God, me first. Kill this flesh. That's our heart. Not them, but us. Lord, what do you need to do in me? Because I want to lay completely surrendered always before you, Father God. Because I understand this really is a war. We're in a war. We also know that we're already victorious. But just because we're victorious doesn't mean that we don't fight. Sometimes when you are in the midst of a trial, a battle, your son, your daughter, okay, they rebel or whatever, you're fierce. You're fighting fierce because you know the severity of that circumstance. But then sometimes when God actually gives the victory, right, then all of a sudden it's like the fight isn't quite as fierce anymore. But you know what? There's somebody else that you're supposed to stand just as fierce for 
because you understand that the same grace that you were given, the same anointing that you were given, the same wisdom that you now have, you need to actually go and be that mouthpiece for somebody else to rescue, to save, to deliver, right? Instead of having the mindset of, well, you know what, I'm not out, I'm beyond that, I'm past that, thank God, now I can just relax for a little bit, now I can just kind of check out, I can actually take a break. There's no breaks in the kingdom. Do you imagine if Jesus just, I'm going to take a break today, people. You know, you know, I'm taking a break today. I know that I'm the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but you are too much. You guys are all just too, I'm taking a break today. I hope you're all okay today, but I just need a break. So let me tell you, so because he's not like that, we're not to be like that. Because he's not like that, we cannot be like that. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So we're supposed to be as Christ. So as he is, that we are too, right? The scars that they bore and the scars that you also bear, they only prove the legitimacy of your walk in Christ. We flip it. We're just flipping that, aren't we? Because the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 12, that, that, that those who desire to live godly will suffer persecution, right? So the scars that you have actually only prove your legitimacy in Christ. So you've had, you have some scars. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to a true, true life lived for Christ. It's good. It is so good because you just look at him and say, Father, I thank you. So you may not have been beaten and stripped naked and thrown into prison for your decision to follow Christ. But if you have never, if you have never been beaten or stripped, I should say, of everything you once enjoyed, beaten in your emotions. If you've never been, if you've never lost anyone close, whether it's a physical loss or an emotional loss, relational loss. If you have never had any family tear you down or estrange themselves from you because of your decision for following Christ, if you have never been in a prison, isolation, in a place of where you've been mocked, where you've been ridiculed, where you've been robbed, where there's lack and destruction, because you would not remove yourself from your position as an, an individual that's in the army of God, then you're not fully following Christ. And so we are fully following Christ no matter what the cost is that true for all of you? No matter what the cost, Father. The world that we live in is pretty wicked. But Christ is still on the throne. Jesus still rules and reigns. He's still laughing at the enemy. But that doesn't mean that we don't experience some pretty wicked... I mean, just take abortions. How wicked, how disgustingly, how animalistic are we getting? I mean, we're talking barbaric status. We're, it's horrendous. It's hideous. And people are fine with some. People are fine. And they're good with it. Some people. Right? They have the same blood running through. They don't, they don't have Jesus' blood, but they have blood running through their veins. They have emotions. They, they're people. They're human beings. They're not robots. The world that we live in is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But, but I'll tell you right now, that just shows that the Christian, we, every one of us, need to be able to be worth our salt. We need to be, we have to be worth our salt. So, so we need to be able to know the word, be transformed by it, 
and not be constantly pushed to and fro by every scheme and every tactic that comes our way. We have to know, listen, Paul was doing the will of God, and that fortune teller was walking right behind him and speaking the truth. But it was not the truth. because It was the truth, but it came from a wrong spirit. In other words, it was a mocking spirit. Had Paul let that word continue to go on right behind him, you know that it's full of mixture, and God knows what else it would have continued to say, and God knows what else it was intending to do. But he shut it down. We need to shut it down. You need to be people that say, I'm not going to tolerate a little bit. I'm not tolerating any of it. Because I have been called, you have been called for glory, to walk in the glory of God. And so we have to be people that are not afraid of a little persecution. We have to be people that are not afraid, you know, oh, a difficulty that may come our way or, or, or a trial that may come our way. Because you know what? Those trials are strengthening you. Those trials are scars that now you're going to glorify God with. Those trials are, are, are your story that you're going to tell that Christ in you, the hope of glory, lives. And that you're living stronger today than you were living before because of what God has done in your life. Because you see his power because you see his word because you're standing on the truth do you know that the word of God is going to lift you up and sustain you no matter what when you make sure the word works inside of you when you let the word work in you it's going to work through you so yes we believe in casting out demons and yes we believe in healing the sick but we also believe in regenerating the mind and making sure that your mind is being renewed daily on the word of God we believe in that, that, that you must die to self and you must allow the spirit of God to re, be risen up within you so that you are a godly Christian not just a Christian that just is like well I don't know that's called a lukewarm Christian lukewarm and we know what the Bible says about lukewarm Spitting them out, right? Spitting them out of his mouth. But we're, we know we're going to be on fire and hot for Jesus because we're radical for him no matter what. Not everybody likes you and not every family member is going to approve of what you do. Most of them, if they're not already saved, think that you've lost your mind and they don't know how to relate to you anyways. But you carry truth. But you carry the sword of the Lord. But you carry eternity. But you carry the glory of God. And I'll tell you what, when they get into a heap of trouble, guess who they're going to be calling? They guess who they call? They call you. They call you because they know there's power there. They may not always relate to you. And it may not be family that's calling you, but there's somebody that's watching your life and going, mm, you know what, I need, to, I need to get some prayer. I may not understand or agree, but I need to get some prayer from that individual. So in other words, your life is being watched for sure, but we're going to live bold for Christ. We're not afraid of some suffering. We're not, a, we're not afraid of, of persecution. We're not afraid of what the enemy might do. We, you know, we have not sold out for Jesus for nothing, not just it's for Christ's sake because he's what he's already done. So because he is as he is, so are we in this world. His victory, Jesus's, his victory came through pain. His victory came through pain. His triumph came through loss came through rejection, came through misunderstanding, it came through separation. That's how his triumph came. So every difficulty that you may be experiencing right now, if you just stay faithful to God, if you just stay faithful to the word, you will see that trial turn into a testimony. You'll see that place of pain turn into a place of victory. This is exactly how Christ walked, and it is exactly how we're to walk too. 